Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 15. And today we're going through state of mind episode 15 and the tagline the little summary for this one is mara is subjected to an occupation mind control device oh dear Uh oh yeah well in a world where you can be reprogrammed quite literally i'm surprised we haven't seen that much of this before yeah it's uh kind of shocking actually it the whole sort of master arc of this season kind of gets wrapped up in people being reprogrammed but um yeah it's amazing this hasn't happened earlier what somebody was talking about which we may have talked about before but is it possible for two people to swap discs yeah i want to know what happens if you do that because we've seen characters pick up someone else's disc and use it as a weapon but they never yeah. actually put it on themselves and if you lose your disc you go amnesiac after a while so yeah what happens if you swap discs? do you just inherit each other's memories or do you just know everything about each other oh speaking or... of uh going stray i actually had a dream or a nightmare about that and oh. from Beck's perspective and it was a room full of mirrors and then tron was there and then i don't know it's just like the the wow. room was 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 breaking apart and it was very intense jeez that sounds pretty wild it's getting into yeah. your brain you're having yeah those, uh, i think about dreams. it a lot i guess <laughs> what's it, like 15 weeks of tron uprising yeah oh boy i want to have a uh, tron dream i want to have a tron dream now uh, I don't, well, they do say you can induce specific dreams because yeah. I'm into lucid dreaming and stuff, but I I don't find any of those techniques work. It's just luck, basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can steer it towards a higher probability, you know, mm. but uh, absolute control, maybe. Maybe if you're a super dream master, but... Yeah, dream but master. Anyway, a dream master. Things I think things are gonna start to get a little dark in the home stretch of the of the of the series here, but we'll I, I forget if I'm right about that. But we get a little a little recap highlighting how Zed hates the renegade and how Mara loves the renegade. Uh, and we get a, a cold open here. A really a freaky this is maybe is this the first cold open that we've this type of well we'll see. I don't, I'm not sure, but we get a we get a uh, Zed is trying to stop Mara who seems she's hacking away at a wall with her disc and she's attacking the Tron lives graffiti that we saw in uh, this, the the graffiti that she did as one of the merry pranksters, but she's got red hair and red eyes. Now I'm trying to remember if we've actually had a cold open sort of thing where, Oh, Oh, big reveal cut to credits. I don't, I don't recall. We've had, we've had uh, cliffhanger openings. Hmm. But we haven't had this kind of like flashback opening. Like I think we've had a couple a couple openings where Beck is dead. Just kidding. No, he's not. He didn't die before the opening credits of the episode. Like, but there's been a couple of those yeah. those kind of cold opens. But this one is like, yeah. So Zed's Zed's like, stop, Mara, stop hacking away at the wall. And she's like, help me kill the renegade or get out of my way. And then she punches him. 
and then straddles him with her disc like she's about to bring down the coup de gras and kill him and then it goes to the opening credits and it's like what <laughs> but then it i mean to... i know she got rejected by the renegade in the last episode but uh this is ridiculous <laughs> she's taking it pretty hard but then uh yeah we got uh, sm- although going back yeah. to you know talking about mara having a crush on the renegade yeah. now there are no trees in the grid so mara and the renegade sitting in a what you know <laughs> yeah. how does the rhyme go a code tree i guess <laughs> Also, they were working very hard to remove that graffiti last time, but she just smashes at the wall and then the V in lives and Tron lives disappears. So what? Well, I think maybe she's like literally destroying the wall, which mm. I think is a little different than carefully removing it. So uh, maybe there's, but you're right. That is a bit, a uh, bit of a difference there. Like you could bulldoze the entire building to get rid of the graffiti. And I think that would work just fine, but probably not the recommended course of action we can save the world and end all suffering by destroying all of human life it works yep it works just great well i guess it's a cipher method if you will it is it is so we get a, a smash cut to several cycles earlier so it was all a future segment and now we're in the flashback I, I'm not a huge, I forget, there's a name for this specific kind of opening where you're like, the uh, I mean, it, 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 the movie starts with the main character getting shot six times, and then it goes mm. three three weeks earlier, or something yeah. like that, and you see a meta. Is it just non-linear narrative? No, there's a, the, the, it is, I mean, it is a non-linear narrative, but there is a specific kind of opening where they start with I'm the trope or, master, I should know this. Yeah, it might not have a name. I'm pretty sure it does. If you're out there listening and you know, drop us a But we do get confirmation that programs are able to change their appearance to a degree. They can change their code. Yeah, And Mara changes her hair from turquoise to red. And I I don't think they're right. Oh, it's like an orangey red. Burnt, uh, umber, maybe. Yes, Uh, a magenta. Blood orange. I don't know. Blood orange. A fuchsia. Hmm. I don't know. One of them fancy words. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't think it's really doing much for her. She doesn't really no. pull off that Lilu Lilu Dallas multiplayer. <laughs> I'm not even a, I'm not even that huge of a fan of the turquoise. I think it might just be the style, the floofy it, style, because it yeah, doesn't it, bounce around enough, right? And it kind of looks just welded the, to her head. Yeah. yeah, the physics are wrong, and also it doesn't really fit into the aesthetics we've established in no. Tron. No one else yeah. has hair like this. No. She looks kind of cutie dollish, kind of nineteen fifties ish, and it's like that's nah, not quite. Yeah, it reminds me of. Uh, oh god, that anime singer with the turquoise hair, uh, very popular about ten fifteen years ago. I don't remember, but people yeah. will know what I mean, probably. Yeah. But so we see Mara in a car on a crowded highway, and she's going through the city, and I love this. She's on these uh, giant. Like Mega City One, Metropolis, like like nineteen thirties Metropolis, or like nineteen ninety sevens Batman and Robin version of Gotham, like all these, you know, hallway, highways in the sky, all these giant clover leaves and highways that are just, uh, just you know, fifty stories up, and they're snaking around buildings and all that kind of stuff. The suspended I, streets, love it. I wish there were more statues around the yeah. grid because yeah. say what you will about the joel schumacher movies 
I think his Gotham looks really cool with these ginormous statues, some of them holding up buildings and other yeah. structures. Yeah, the art direction was straight out of a dream. It went, it went, it went, they went to really wild places. Shout out to Bat Minute 89. I think they're, uh, they've done all the movies now. Yeah, yeah. I guessed it on one of them. They're a good crew. Yeah. I was on so the. the... R- which one's Riddler? Uh, forever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, forever. That's right. Uh, so there's no flying cars though like in the fifth element or coruscant but it's that same kind of vibe that crowded metropolis kind of vibe and she's going yeah like you said she's going through her hairstyles on her disc and she's like picking a new color which we've never seen anybody do so it doesn't seem like it actually takes that much effort Mm. right she is a mechanic so she probably has a bit of an inside track there but there's no like intensity involved in it it doesn't seem like that it's that hard it's just a, just an aesthetic so that's kind just of cool feels but like my... yeah there's an app to change your appearance I yeah guess. yeah and one thing i really like is that there's literally it was the first time we've seen this which i i'm a little shocked at but there's a there's a bit yeah and she has like a, a pet bit all a literal stuff. pet bit and it's in her car and it's 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 giving her advice she's like what about this one and it's like no and she's like what about this one and he's like no and so so you're I telling was... me that a bit is able to have nuanced aesthetic opinions but can't actually articulate anything beyond yes and no correct it's, it's, okay it's trapped in a horrible prison of, of <laughs> unable to express its true thoughts I'd love uh, like a an episode. Okay, this goes goes into our season two. Told from yes. the perspective of a bit, very articulate, just the most. Oh uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so the, the, it would be like articulate. a narration. There's a voiceover from Bit. It was like in the 27th cycle of my life, my best friends Mara and Beck were fighting <laughs> for their lives. Much to my chagrin, I couldn't tell them to look out for the falling buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, just going, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> <laughs> what a tragic story. Yeah. What's that? Cyrus <laughs> fell down the well and he broke his leg? Yeah, there's going to be something. And they drive under, uh, as they're driving, they drive under a, a, a tagged billboard that says Tron lives on it, much to her amusement, because she probably crawled up there and did it herself some nights previous. Probably. But just when she's chilling, a red train derails off of a higher platform onto the highway in front of her. So she switches to manual, but it's no use. And the rolling train cars plow right into her. Dun, the question dun, is, dun. why does she need a truck that big? Is this a comfy vehicle? I thought she was, yeah. At the first, I thought she was on a, a bus or something. But she's I like, this is her car, <laughs> her truck or whatever. And it's like a monster truck so i don't not sure what's going on there but and if the vehicles are self-driving that means that they are in some way kind of sentient as well yeah I, it brings up a lot of questions like in in our world we've got yeah. ai around us and it's just artificial intelligence but if programs are alive then anything with artificial intelligence has artificial consciousness by default i would say because you would have to strip it back well rather here's than... what we got into when we were on to- 1982's tron we were talking about how the light cycle game itself is a program yeah so is there a program a light cycle program walking around in the grid like it doesn't control what happens on the grid but it's the code for the game that everybody's 
you know, right. tracking and fighting for their life on. So there would be a ring game program walking around and a light cycle program walking around. So in the same way that this truck wouldn't literally be intelligent and have a consciousness, that the program that got copied into that truck and copied to all the other trucks would maybe be out there walking around. It's sort of like plants, maybe. If we're if we're all alive, we don't think of trees and plants as being yeah. alive yeah. the same way we are. Maybe it's like yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. It would it would it would for sure be like that. I would imagine. I'll tell myself that so I can get to sleep at night and not <laughs> worry right. about bit rights. Bit rights. That's another episode right there. Yeah, that's the name of the episode I mentioned earlier. Yeah, season two, episode three, bit rights. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna start a Twitter for this. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> so we uh, we cut we we she, she's in a hospital now and she's on a gurney with some really cool doctors attending to her. They have the uh, skin tight black leotards, yeah, but really also cool. like a new helmet design. They've got the huge jaw projector part, but like a long narrow face shield. So it's not mm. quite like a like a, a fighting helmet. It's like a, a it almost looks like a hygiene thing, like a like a hazmat suit helmet or something, but like a long skinny one. But they've got. And there the, seems to be the implication that there is a need for some kind of hygiene in yeah, this world. Yeah, this particulate that you could breathe in in some scenes. Mm. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And all the doctors are red though, so this must be. This this might become a you know like there's a there's a movie called Jacob's Ladder that has a very scary hospital scene. Hello, I, Jacob's Ladder. It's a great movie. I saw that uh, when I was too young. It messed me up, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So they shine a light in her eyes, and we see a little iris of red in her eyes. So whatever stuff we saw in the flash forward at the beginning of the episode is starting to uh, get underway. But then uh, she wakes up. And we're in a, a POV of Zed comforting her. So, uh, oh, wait, psych. He's actually talking to his light cycle. Yeah, I mean, he has the visor on, so... Yeah, yeah. He's saying stuff like, you're in good hands, and I know you'd never leave me for the renegade. <laughs> <laughs> Zed, Zed, pump the brakes, Zed. Oh, my gosh. But Beck overhears... <laughs> And uh, Zed reveals that he's been pulling diff double shifts because Beck isn't there and that the renegade still has his bike from a few episodes back and he's very salty about it. So uh, that's what's going on with Zed these days. Uh, oh, I had a thought went out my head now. Oh, actually, not related at all, but I just suddenly was thinking, I don't think we've ever seen where Beck lives. Does he live with Tron? Geez, that's a good question. Yeah, we've never seen his house or his apartment. Hmm. I figure, I figure, he guess he just lives with Tron these days. I don't know. Probably. It's one. Well, have we seen Mara's house? We've seen Paige's quarters. Yeah. And I feel uh, like we have seen Mara's place or something. I think we we might have. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. They don't go into the home life that much. They go into people's jobs. And they go into their adventures, but uh, yeah. No, no time for stopping. No time for domestic no time. stuff. <laughs> Where's the episode where they cook a dinner and eat it and watch a movie? <laughs> uh, that's uh, episode ten of season two. Ah, correct, absolutely. Yeah. Leisure yeah. time, the leisure time episode. <laughs> they got their version of Netflix. I don't know what it's like, but we'll figure <laughs> that out. 
So Mara uh, walks up to the garage and she's got her red eyes, but she still has her turquoise teal hair thing. And uh, they ask her. I quite her, like that combination. It's a good combo. Yeah, it goes it goes well together. Mm. And so they ask her, did everything go go okay? And she's like, yep, sure did. But her bit is like, no. <laughs> so I guess you can't uh, can't really lie with a bit around, I guess. Is, maybe that's uh, what they're for i don't know uh, yeah that'd be pretty it'd be super useful to have those thing around we talked before in 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 chronologically speaking about how if it's yeses and nos are empirically true like universally empirically true if it is somehow like an oracle arbiter of the literal truth hmm. so it's not it's not an opinion when he says that hair doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> Right? It is the and, universal truth. It is like mathematical yeah, truth. Yeah, it's not an opinion. It's like a mathematical fact that that hair does not work for her. So like there's, uh, you know, that would be a very, very powerful tool. It reminds me of uh, either the Oracle type characters in Minority Report or uh, Battlestar Galactica where these yeah. people can't really speak directly anymore, but they're kind of, they're so, they're so stripped back that there's some kind of profound wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always fascinated by that idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's a really, really good idea. But um, yeah, so she gives a little side eye to her bit, but then she says she feels purified and that everything's finally in focus. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, this is, this is these these are the bad things that people say before they go on a on a shooting spree or or, or jump off a bridge or something. Yeah, like, big red flag, guys. Anyone? Huge. Anyone gonna know? <laughs> And she's tripping on how beautiful all the recognizers are. You know, she's looking at the recognizers going, I've never noticed how beautiful they are before. And it's like, oh boy. Fashion, fascism is so beautiful. <laughs> right? There's such a, I love the order. There's so much order. Purity uh, and a, perfection. <laughs> there's a shot of her irises and they're literally pulsing to a beat, which hmm. is kind of cool. And then we cut to uh, like a tall sort of eye of Sauron kind of looking building. And it's sending out pulses with a similar beat. This is a very sort of Samurai Jack shot. It's this long, long, skinny building with like two yeah. wires on the top with electricity between them. And it's sending out this this beat, like a 1950s radio station logo or something like that. And uh, is, inside is we so, see... There's something about... Something's not literally referencing something, but there's something about the the vibe. It just gives off yeah. a vibe. I, I don't know what that is. And I, if sure. I knew, I think I'd be better at art than I am. <laughs> so uh, inside, we see all this red liquid sloshing around in a tube and a bunch of programs being led in and unloaded from these really cool looking like argon. I don't know what they are. I think they're ambulances. Yeah. Because so, they've got the teal piping on them. teal. Going, but I don't think we've seen these before. Um but they're really kind of cool vehicles. And then we see a doctor examine one of the patients and one of this patient has the red iris thing too. And uh, I like this medical program that's examining them because she's got the sort of cross sign on her shoulder of yeah. like the, me the medical personnel that pay like in pages flashback, but it's in, it's in red. So she's like an evil doctor. Uh, so her name is Keller and she's voiced by Marsha Gay Harden. Which the is a great Marcia name. Gay Harden. Yes. yes. Who I only really know for, from Flubber, but, you know, that's oh, significant. I know her from uh, Miller's Crossing. Oh, yeah. And, She's uh, so good at Miller's Crossing. 
As far as I can tell, Keller was probably named after Sister, Sister Mary Kenneth Keller, first uh-huh. American woman to own a PhD in computer science, and one oh. of the developers of BASIC. Fantastic. Oh, good. Mm. I like that they've got that tie in there. That's really, really good. Yeah, I got... do like when they come up with the uh, the Cypher Beck one was also great. Just putting more meaning into the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just picking something at random. Mm. Like Rinsler or something. Yeah, although Rinsler <laughs> does sound really cool. So, you know, it does sound... rule of cool. Yeah, <laughs> it fits into the grid for sure. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely that kind of a name. Hmm. And I love her face. She's got such a great face. It's really well designed. Like the rest. Oh, of all them. the faces are great. I gotta, I gotta say that at least once an episode. That's my, uh, that's my thing. Uh, the face is really well designed. I gotta say that at least, at least once an episode. But she, she talks about how the pathogen code has bonded with the trio boot, and now stage one is successful. And she has a short talk with Tesla about how she made this code to liberate people and now he's using it to make zombie slaves and that it's not cool. He says he's bringing peace to Argon with these automaton people and she says that she wants out. And I'm thinking maybe this is not the best way to talk to your sadistic military leader. And, yeah. Uh, so he he lays out what'll happen if she tries to bail. And uh, what will happen is a good de-resing. It seems to be. So I wonder what they mean by liberating. What was the original purpose of this? Thing? I'm trying to think that too. I'm like, so how did you, what was the original? What was, what was the first use for this that supposedly freed programs? I don't, I don't get it. Cause I, he's kind of turning them into slaves. Right. So I don't, I don't understand. Unless it was sort of like kind of an antidote. If someone had been I don't know, hacked you could undo it by using this stuff, but it can also be used to reprogram someone. I don't I don't know. Well, making somebody extremely open to suggestion um, can probably be useful in a lot of therapeutic ways. Well, right? yeah, maybe this is just their version of hypnosis. Yeah, or like, you know, combating anxiety or something like that. Mm. But uh, it also makes you really prone to being turned into a slave army, which is uh, just too bad. Not good. Not good. So we cut to a club. Oh, that's one thing I liked here. There's a there's a quote in Hudson Hawk when they're uh, they're in the the two main bad guys are threatening uh, Bruce Willis, and they're like, one of them says, "I'll torture you so slowly you'll think it's a career." <laughs> I've always, I've <laughs> that's always great. That. That's such a good such a good thing to uh, to say and I, I sort of feel like that's what tesla is saying to uh to keller here <laughs> but then we cut to a club and it's really again not too many repeated faces in the crowd which is cool just bold cool character design and there's a couple of women djs and they're touching their air turntables again with their little <laughs> floating floating turntables uh zed comes across mara who's now got her red hair and she's inviting hopper and bartik to a party and telling Zed that she's recruiting. Uh, she's talking all that talk about how awesome Clue is and how he'll reward his loyal supporters. <laughs> and then Zed notices that almost everybody in the club has red irises. Mm. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. Finally, he notices something. Yeah, finally, he's he's, he's up on something. Uh, Zed mentions the renegade, and Mara just straight up arm bars him across the table and gets him in a lock. 
and demands details about the renegade and he's like whoa jesus <laughs> calm down also she knows the renegade more than he does so yeah yeah she's not making any sense right now but bartek and hopper leave with her although that so. would be interesting that, that would make her very dangerous if she was able to use any knowledge she already had of the renegade to track him down well yeah right or this could have been way worse any kind of boosted intelligence to put the pieces together mm. you know to run out to run a diagnostic and say hey wait a second i've never seen back in the renegade in the same place He's yeah if i was writing this episode person. i would make it really bad I, I would make the stakes way higher yeah for sure right so we get a cool shot of uh recognizers flying around and they've got their billboards between their pincers again like in a couple episodes ago and they're blasting this invitation from tesla to a party at his place which i'm just <laughs> like a party at my place guys party at tesla's place oh sweet hey remember that huge execution he did two episodes ago no let's go to his place it's a sweet party but I, uh, I like. I know record- people showed up for that execution. They seem to be into it, so I, I don't know. Yeah, actually, that's true. Maybe he was like, maybe they're like, hey, let's go see some more sweet executions. Uh, I like that the the recognizers are being used as a public address system. You know, like banners on planes or the Goodyear blimp or whatever. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, may as well. It's Is there one that-, that has a Japanese lady selling? Uh, what is it? In <laughs> Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> It is, I know. I don't know what she says, but it's something like that. But the uh, yeah, what was it? that's something I need to Photoshop. And the other thing was, uh, I need. Well, I think I'd have to draw it, but uh, Alan Bradley, but in the Tron style. One thing that I noticed here is that there's this really weird low tech in the uh, in the Tron on the grid here. Like they've got bizarre wild highways but they don't really have flying cars. They have Hmm. gliders and they have helicopters, but they don't really have flying cars. And then this type of public address system of just, you know, a big billboard in between the pincers of a, of a, of a recognizer flying around is like, shouldn't everybody just get it in the corner of their vision? Shouldn't everybody, shouldn't it just show up on their wrists? You know, like I'm trying to, there's a weird uh, sort of low tech vibe to, to the way that, you need to do things that's like going back to blade runner in do android's dream uh deckard i think he is still called deckard in the book uh he is reading out things from paper like there's all this futuristic technology but he has a stack of papers that he has to rifle through for the case sure yeah sure right (laughs) yeah i think there's a lot of low-tech solutions that'll just stick around because they're cheap and they work right or um you know, I can't remember what this was from, but oh yeah, no, it's from freaking Detroit Become Human, which only came out like two years ago. That magazines you pick them up in the game, and there's only so it's like a tablet, but there's only one magazine in it. You can't access anything else through that digital device. What? Oh, right. What? So what's, what's the point? Right. Why would that exist? Yeah. <laughs> It's going backwards and t- it's well. It's basically the logic of old sci-fi writers, where sure. oh yeah, we're gonna have robots, but we also don't have dishwashers or something like that. Yeah, like it'd be uh, like that. That kind of one-shot magazine would be like a two hundred dollar issue, right? And just get to read a <laughs> I mean, I get from a game mechanic. Well, I need to be able to pick up something that I see yeah. around me, but just make it paper. 
Yeah, you know. So what do we got here? So Beck, uh, as dressed as the renegade, is investigating Mara's <laughs> crash site, which is walled off in a, a still a red, a red caution cage still kind of it's got the big red walls around it. it it provides no deterrent to him at all because he just slides a few octagonal panels aside <laughs> he's just like boop 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 just kind of rubik's cubes the uh the door open and then steps inside but when he's in there zed gets the drop on him zed's like you stop right there and he mocks the renegade and uh this is pretty kind of cool because Zed says he's there to investigate what happened to Mara. And he's mm. he's right to the renegade's face. He's lamenting that he can't find Beck anywhere. He's like, I would be doing this with my best friend, but I can't find Beck anywhere. I'm like, Just Zed, Zed, put it together, please. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> everybody, right almost everybody besides you has put it together now. He's just Except one inch tomorrow? away from saying, every time I see you, I don't see the renegade. You know, like... Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, I'll go back to what we were saying about, you know, technology doesn't make any sense. That is a big issue when you're writing futuristic stuff or yeah. well, something like this. Because uh, I, I wrote a fan fiction about the Borg and I quickly realized, well, logically, there's very little reason for them to do anything physically. The more advanced technology becomes, the less visual and less physical things get. That seems yeah. to be the universal thing of, well, uh, yeah, uh, there are shows like Mr. Robot, they get around it beautifully, but it's very hardware. Well, everything, you know, if I need to contact a friend, I'm not going over to their house and talking to them face to face. I'm just going to yeah. text them or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I guess with Tron Uprising, they probably faced this a bit and just went, well, we need something that looks visually interesting. Yeah, for sure. And you need, if you have a public address system that has access to everybody's minds, mm. uh, then that's a real problem. <laughs> you know, It's like, too write, internal. Yeah, writing-wise, it's like Tesla just has to hack that and then that's it, the show's over. You know, I think like it would work in a video game though, because you get you could have that first person perspective, you know, sort oh, of like sure. Deus Ex or whatever, and yeah, just come up. But Zed has uh, red stuff all over his hands from whatever was in the tanks that the trains were carrying when they crashed. Reminds me of War of the Worlds, the the red pollen. Oh yeah, the red weed. Red weed, yeah. Yeah. So Zed hacks the train camera to see what caused the trash, the the crash. They find the the I guess the the train. It's more of a convoy than a train. It's like a convoy of tankers, and it looks convoy like convoy is a cool word. A convoy is a great word. It looks like six tankers six tankers have been programmed to drive off bridges, and infect people with whatever's inside the tankers. So Zed and Beck follow another tanker that's driving erratically. They're like, oh, this one's gonna crash. And then they, uh, <laughs> there's a little moment where they're like driving through traffic and cutting people off and they're like honking and saying, hey, and one of them's Link in the sports car that he won. <laughs> like, uh, Good for like, him. He still has it. Still has it. He's still, he hasn't been uh, divested of that. He's still tooling around in his, in his sweet car. So they zip in and out of traffic and they leap off the highway railing to close on the tanker only to have it guarded by two red cyclists who fire up their light trails light cycle fight light cycle fight it's pretty cool get another car chase beck almost gets funneled into 
uh, light trail. The, one of them goes forward and does a, a button hook horseshoe maneuver. So he's heading into the bottom of the test tube that's been formed by this light trail. But he does this cool thing. I love how there's there's been like four or five different light wall traps that we've seen so far and like four or five separate different solutions of like avoiding them, <laughs> you know. They put so much thought into this show. I mean, just really like did. including Link or do, doing different solutions to the same action or... Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Or, uh, so we had Mara had a one-on-one episode with the Renegade. Now we've got one with Zed. So yeah. it's just, yeah, everything's nice and balanced and well thought out. And it's really yeah. great. Why didn't this get two seasons? At least <laughs> two seasons, guys. I hope so. Let's, let's fingers crossed. We'll get some more. Uh, but we so... Beck uh, throws his disc and it cuts off uh, a, a traffic sign, a, one of those big traffic signs, and it falls onto the light rail, uh, onto the, the light trail of the, um, of the red bike. So it's sort of, it's half, uh, it's half touching the pavement and half resting on the, on the light trail. So it makes this jump. It turns into a sweet jump and it doesn't crush this the light trail. Is... I've been watching Knight Rider, and this is just reminding me of Knight Rider how whenever it's convenient, Kit will find a ramp. It doesn't <laughs> sure. matter. They could be on like the most open stretch of land, yeah. nothing around. Oh, Kit will find the ramp. Heck, there it is, right? <laughs> and uh, so then Beck, uh, now that he's free of this trap, he kicks one and punches the other, and they get immediately destroyed. So there you go. But they're right beside the tanker, and they're going through it. And then Zed's bike goes under the wheels, so he's hanging off the side of the truck. So that's two bikes down for Zed, unfortunately. Yeah, here is some two the, bikes. The re- renegade, it was some two bikes. They get into the cockpit. Oh, and earlier Zed's like, yeah, just don't do anything to make me want to hit you. And he's, he's definitely <laughs> done several things in the past five minutes. Uh-huh. So they try to take over the truck, and they switch it to manual, and then they jackknife it barely jumping to freedom as it falls off the bridge into the water <laughs> and said just as they're free standing talking to each other zed says that's hilarious hmm. and i'm like dude you just about died in a car crash he's kind of showing that same cavalier attitude that mara did uh, like a, yeah. a few episodes ago, and they're like, "Man, that was close. We just about got publicly executed in the town square." <laughs> this is fine, uh. but boy, that renegade is dreamy, eh? And I'm like, guys, have a second to have some like PTSD, like register the trauma. Jeez, they don't. Uh, they're not really. We don't know how emotions work for or psychology works for programs. So it's true. I I'm guess guessing. they're all sociopaths. It doesn't seem like it affects them that much. But as they're talking. Uh, six giant explosions rock the whole city, so that's uh, that's a pretty big deal. Which I guess are I think the, Tron's are... the only one with any kind of psychological and physical scars. Yeah, seems to be. Everybody else just has a big reset button at home, I guess. Yeah. And so Beck says we'll have to follow the victims of the explosions to stop the trucks, which is a bit of a leap, but he's right. So they end up going into the... That bothers me when you're writing a mystery and characters are just too omniscient and they just figure things out. There's no rhyme or reason for them to have come up with that other than the author already knew the answer. Yeah, like in uh, End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger, he plays, I think, Detective Kimball, a hard-nosed 
police New York detective and there's a, a body that gets found and it has the words Christ in NY carved into its chest or something mm. like that. And he's like, Christ in New York, Christ in New York, Christine York. It's <laughs> it's not Christ in New York. It's a name, Christine York. Look up Christine Yorks and then they find someone named Christine York and she's pivotal to the whole thing because she's about to get possessed. And I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> like some, sometimes, you know, like when uh, when the vulture puts it together that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, I'm like, yes. But that was just like, nope, uh-uh. that's not the way that works. You know, so this is borderline here when he's like... Uh, if we follow the victims of those explosions that were caused by the trains, we'll be able to find out what's happening with this mystery. I'm like, or you'll just go to a hospital. What, or or he's just trying to sound like he knows what he's talking about, but he well, doesn't. Well, yeah, that's also a very, uh, a very Beck thing to do. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> oh well, but they were right. So he goes into the. They both they end up going into this the eye of Sauron building into, into the basement of it after tracking the ambulances. So this evil Dr. Keller is working on something and Pavel is harassing her and advertising his ignorance saying, like, why can't you just go faster? And she's like, there's steps. Get out of the room. <laughs> like he's <laughs> Zed and Beck are hiding close. And this pulsing tower is what's controlling the red irised people. So, as they're talking, I'm amazed that they're able to make such diverse faces that are still attractive. Because I find with yeah. a lot of artists drawing attractive female faces, they can only do maybe one. Like J. Scott Campbell, he's a very well known uh, yeah. artist, and he can yeah. draw really diverse men's faces, but he only has one female face. Yeah, everybody looks the same. Yeah, yeah. Although some of them do have different hair colors. That's how you tell. Is it Mary Jane or is it uh, Black Cat? Oh, well, you can only tell if it's in color. You can only tell, right? But as I also uh, noticed that I was watching Tron Legacy again, as I'm yeah. wont to do, and I noticed that, um, oh, I'm blanking his name now. He played Spock's dad in Discovery. Uh, he, he's one of Clue's guys with the shaved head, and he's got the visor over his face. His costume looks a lot like Pavel's. I didn't realize before. He played Spock's dad in Discovery? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on. S Sarek. There we go. I and, knew it. Um, I knew it. I've seen him in a bunch of different stuff. Like when I saw he his said face. that guy. In yeah, he is. Because in Legacy, I was like, hey, hey, I know that guy. You know, but then I think I probably did the same thing in Discovery and didn't put the two together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, so his costume in Legacy, it's, it's actually a jacket, but at the front, it definitely sits like mm. pavel i've been since the last episode i've been looking closely at pavel's costume trying to figure it out and yeah, yeah it's this they're not quite jodpers because they're not connected to his pants but it's these little yeah tabard things it's so strange and i don't know if that would work in live action but no. that's no. definitely an example of using animation to the best effect yeah they give it a they give it a jodper profile they give it a jodper kind of looking profile but they're not literally jodpers I I do love as a as a costume designer I, I love adapting animated costumes into live action and trying to you know create the right drape and weight and textures and all of sure. that. But I 
I'm actually very happy when I'm stumped. And one of those is, well, probably this costume, but also Batman Beyond, especially the Batman costume in that. Yeah. It works because it's animated. There is no live action. Totally. Cosplay, CGI, whatever realistic visualization that has really captured that. And that's a good thing. That's really pushing animated design to its limits and to its strengths. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really hard to to recreate something that bold. I think if you were to adapt the uprising costumes, they'd kind of lose something because it's it's that elongation, it's that exaggeration, simplicity. Uh yeah, right. This this hyper exaggerated human form that they all have, that's part and parcel of the show. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do it live action. It would definitely lose something in the translation. Sure. So the renegade would kind of just look like Rinsler, I guess, but white. It's just yeah. that rubber stuff over the top of the fabric bodysuit. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's cool, but it's just not quite the same. Yeah, it wouldn't be awful, but it would be not uprising for sure. Mm. So anyway, as Beck and uh, Zed are talking here, a massive dirigible launches beside them. And this is the same kind of Also dirigible. a great word. Also a fantastic word, yeah. It's the same kind of dirigible we saw the doctor, Doctor Shaw on that made yes. the uh, yeah Shaw. He he had he he's the one that made. This. I remember because of Prometheus. That's right. Yeah, he had the super power disc or whatever, and he died soon after meeting Beck, as programs are wont to do. But we remember him because he had a very memorable face. He sure did. And then we cut to the packed town square for Tesla's party. I wish the whole town was kind of this colorful. It's so mm. all, every time we see all these screens here with their yellows and pinks and reds and you know blues and turquoises and stuff, I'm like, wow, this is such a cool town square. But now maybe it's... there is a a, a a Las Vegas on the grid somewhere, and it's just all this. Oh my gosh, that's episode I think twelve of season two where they go to. I think the, so. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Grid the grid Vegas. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and now uh the hangover but on the grid. <laughs> the hangover but on the grid. Yeah, for sure. They're dis they 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 somehow got high on energy juice and they gambled their discs away and now they have yeah. to get it back from the local mob boss before they lose their memories entirely. But they wake and up And they somehow and... adopted a laser tiger and <laughs> uh... <laughs> and they have to get a speedboat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then we can show our uh, our vaporway or outrun aesthetic looking beach. Oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah, yes, this is great. yeah. It's all coming together. But uh, Tesla is Batmaning up top for a change. He's on top of all the buildings, looking down at the gathered crowds, and then the screen shuts off, and a huge sphere with a couple of DJs comes up out of this massive triangular glowing pit in the middle. It's of sadly, the not Daft Punk. Sadly, not. I think talks were probably had but uh an agreement was not reached because it is not because surely you know they're working on tron they're thinking well we need some gjs are we going to use the djs yeah yeah for they should have like for sure i imagine i'm just going to edit it so that it is stuff punk i don't care you can't stop me but the techno rave has started and the dirigible releases its cargo of red mist down onto the crowd so back... And we see that programs can breathe because yeah. Zed puts on his helmet and he's protecting himself from the the stuff. 
Yeah. And yeah. for what, some reason, the renegade doesn't put that together. It's like, why do you think he's doing? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Not a genius. Yeah. But Zed activating his helmet, is that something that we've seen before? I think uh, we, we've seen him on his bike. He's where He's got a bike helmet. But this looks a little different. I don't know. I guess everyone's got a helmet built in to their they, I guess so. Bodies? I, I guess everybody must just have a helmet that they can just turn on if they happen to. But that's another thing to explore. What are the defaults that think, everybody has? You know when you clip into a character and then you can see inside and sometimes they have like three, uh, like their eyeballs or their mouths, that's fully animated, but everything yeah. else is hollow. Yeah. I feel like programs are probably solid all the way through, right? Because when they well, get damaged... We had this, uh, there's a bit in 1982's Tron where they take the solar sailor through a mountain, mm. like through a tunnel in a mountain, and the inside of the tunnel is just this cycling prism of colors. Mm. It's, not a, it's not a dark tunnel. It's just the glowing, cycling gradient of uh, a spectrum of colors. And so we were thinking that's probably what programs are if you cut them in half. And somehow... Mm don't de-res them. They don't have a bunch of insides like organ representations. They would just be like a, a glowing melted ice cream swirl of colors on the inside that would be sloshing about and doing whatever. I'm sure Dyson's seen it before. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, well, like when they cut open uh, Tron's face there, it just seemed to get more and more crystalline and granular. So maybe that's Have you seen the cell? Yes. Yeah, the scene where the horse is, is yeah. cut off and you can yeah. see in the inside. Yeah, I'm imagining that. Somewhere there's there's a there's a poor program on display and you can see <laughs> what they look like in cross section. Still alive, of course. Oh god, yeah. I mean if if Dyson's involved, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, for sure. How's it going today, my fine feathered friend? Kill me. Kill Make me. it stop <laughs> Not today. Oh, uh, well, the DJs are... <laughs> no, he goes, mm, actually, no, 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 I'm staying. I was thinking about it, but no. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wait, uh, your wish has been granted. Oh, wait, is today Thursday? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, not today. <laughs> He's just so much fun to write. He writes himself. It's great. <laughs> he really is. So the DJs are syncing their beat to the to the beat that's coming out of the big Eye of Sauron Tower, and they're pulsing irises. So the crowd is getting infected by the virus and their eyes are going even more red and they're all they all start chanting clue 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 which is uh pretty hilarious i don't know where that's so, coming from but i yeah, guess that's part I, I guess that's part of the virus is that it makes them really love clue yeah maybe or they're just very open to suggestions so they see the sign that says clue <laughs> above them oh yeah well that's why i'm i'm yeah. about now um so, quick somebody it, show them a picture of pizza Pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the there's no opposition in this world. I, I guess I, I watched uh, the Fact of Madness the other day with a friend because we were just yeah. doing our own little uh, breakdown of the special effects and the costumes and stuff. But what stood out to me was that we're seeing the, how the emperor became the emperor and how there yeah. was, you know, different political parties and all of that. There's that nuance. There's, it's it's more like how real world politics work. Whereas in the grid, there is none of that. No, nope. it, it's, it's weird how clue isn't totally in control, but people who aren't aligned with clue 
what do they identify as? Well, that's like, it's something that we touched on a little bit in how when everybody had their own personal user, they had their own personal God. So there was like a Mm. real infinite pantheon going on, but then that all got destroyed. And now everybody worships one God, which is Clue. And he's someone they can see and touch. He's not an unknowable thing they have to have faith in that's off in some other world. He's over in the center of town. And if you displease him, he'll kill you. So there's this switch from a, from a pantheistic to a monotheistic kind of a, kind of a thing. But I'm really fascinated by what would it be like if it was a democracy? Like what if there was different parties running for power and you had, you know, a green party or a, or a, you know, like a, you know, a more socialist party or a more communist party or a more democratic party or, or like a, a more fascist party. Like I think the the power deals and the power brokerages and like the, the House of Commons and the Senate or whatever that they would have to have in the grid to make these sort of systems work would be, that would be fascinating. But that probably wouldn't be a kid show, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, for season three where they start yeah. aiming a little bit older. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's one of those things where okay, so it is a, a kids' story. It's very basic. It's you know heroes, villains, that sort of thing. But even then, you know, there's that idea of well, here's how the world's supposed to be, and now here's the evil overlord. But you know, you got your your skeletals trying to take over sure. the world and stuff. But in the case of Tron, we never get an idea of what the the alternative is because well you've always got some kind of god ruling well, over you, you know, whether it's, it's your individual one or it's very interesting because in 1982's tron the mcp has destroyed everything that came before and is mm. now trying to run everything and in legacy so has clue but we never got to see what it was like to just be chilling on the grid without an overlord yeah that reminds me there's a book sea of rust it's not amazing but there's some very cool ideas in there about ai and it was talking about how after all the humans disappeared it then became a competition between individual androids and these uh giant hive minds these co- the collectors the um what do they call them the 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 supercomputers, basically. Yeah. So the supercomputers would go around and recruit more of these androids so they would become more powerful. And I think that's inevitably what would happen in a system like this. So on the grid, we've seen it happen twice now where inevitably one program rises to the top and wants everyone to conform to their new system. Yeah. So before... when When it was just Flynn running everything you know these programs unlike the ones in the original grid didn't have their own personal their own personal jesus christ to quote matrix yeah that's right so i don't uh, yeah they yeah, should have even, shown that even when when flynn was running things benevolently hmm. he was still running things i guess yeah, it, yeah to, to to simplify the question is what do programs value and what do they think of as a good life and a good system what's their idea yeah what's their idea of freedom with a little bit of order like what's their what's their kind of utopia kind of society that's something that would be really cool to explore 
Because I think we're, we're all running on assumptions here of, well, I know that in real life we don't want tyrants, but hang on, they're programs, and this is kind of how it always was. Why yeah. is Clue any different? Yeah. So, anyway, back to the episode. Zed uh, wing shoots down clumsily into the crowd from the dirigible, and I guess I never knew that those were called wing shoots. Mm. That's such a cool word. And they slot in. We've got lots of cool words today. Yeah. Uh, they slot in over the disc, which is interesting. Yeah, they're just a little pack. They can slide on over the disc. And then he accidentally starts crowd surfing. <laughs> he lands in the crowd and they start petting. He's like, whoa, watch your hands there, buddy. Kind of, kind of funny. <laughs> But then, and he's uh, like, oh, I've used a wing shoot before. And, and Beck's like, no, no, you haven't. And he's like, well, no, but but uh, but I saw pictures once. It's like <laughs> the, the bus driver in Happy Madison. Right? <laughs> See that girl over there? Me and her. We got it on. Woo! <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, no, but a friend of mine and her did. Woo! No, they didn't. Well, no, but still, you can imagine, right? <laughs> like he's just, <laughs> just a complete, complete liar. But we find out that uh, what do you call it? There, uh, Pavel and Doctor Keller are also on the dirigible. They're up there too. So this whole time, all four of them have been on the dirigible at the same time. So down at the rave, Zed is looking for Mara, and he finds her and grabs her wrist and absconds with her, saying, "Hey, come check this out. Let's get the heck out of here." But meanwhile, up on the dirigible, Beck is steering the dirigible towards the Eye of Sauron transmission tower over the unconscious body of the guard and of the driver, of the, the, the guard that was driving the dirigible in the first place, I guess. I don't know why it wouldn't just be automated, but I love that the the cockpit of this dirigible actually has a giant, massive blue steering wheel in it like on a pirate ship or something it's got a big blue pirate ship steering wheel that he's using to steer the ship and i think that's uh that's just fantastic that's just a lovely i love that they don't waste any opportunity to do something different each time and unique. Uh, totally totally They're i wonder like, what oh. the budget for this was that's a really good question because they've got some pretty A plus voice talent, and you know Disney's got those pockets, right? So yes, well, if they're behind yeah, they, something, uh, they don't go halfway. So yeah, and I think this was still at the time where they were thinking, yeah, Tron could be a thing. Let's make yeah. Tron a thing. Yeah, they they did put their money on Tron for the second time, <laughs> and, and once in the last decade, and once uh, once in the last century, and once in this century. So let's see if, how long it takes before them to do it to do it again but pavel yeah. catches him and uh beck says this is really funny because beck says i'm gonna leave uh before the fireworks start and, and pavel says i love fireworks <laughs> so and just He's goes so full full paul rubens just freaks out <laughs> and starts laughing and charges him and oh man uh bless paul rubens oh yeah national treasure <laughs> and then uh yeah Beck kicks Pavel's disc away, but Beck straight up kills the unconscious pilot and takes his disc. It's like we were talking about before. Before you can take take another program's disc, but I don't know what would happen if Pavel hooked that disc into his back. Would he pull a Matrix and suddenly know how to drive dirigibles, or would Maybe. he would he become the pilot and look in the mirror and say, "Why does my face look weird?" You know, like I don't know. Yeah, that's. Uh... 
another thing we need to explore in the next season. Yeah. But it's so brutal how he just he, he straight up kills a man just for his disc. Could have taken the disc off. He didn't have yeah. to do that, man. Yeah, he kills him just an unconscious guy, just spears him, kills him, takes the disc. He's not I <laughs> Pavel, you're really not a good person. You're a mean one, Mr. Pavel. <laughs> But the fight continues in the cockpit of the dirigible as it closes on the tower. And then we see Zed leading Mara down an alley and we get the scene from the start of the episode where she starts hacking away at the wall and he's like, come on now. And then they get into a fight. So Dr. Keller walks into the bridge to see the fight happening. And then she ends up cracking Pavel in the back of the head to save the renegade. But then Pavel bails and then the doctor and the Beck uh, they bail as well just before the blimp collides with the tower and that explosion frees everybody from mind control who was infected with the virus. Their eyes go back to normal. Everybody's cool again. And luckily it uh, does that to Mara just before she kills. She was about to kill Zed. And then she's like, whoa, what? What happened? And apparently she doesn't remember any of it and has gone back to thinking the renegade is dreamy instead of wanting to kill him. <laughs> and then uh, she turns her hair back to teal and then back at the garage, Zed's old bike has magically appeared in his locker. You know, he turns around and there's Beck smirking at him saying, wow, is your bike back in your locker? And he's like, yeah, I guess the renegade's not so bad after a while. And I'm just like, Zed, please put it together. Zed, please yes, put it together. Come on. Oh, my gosh. I, I think these two episodes, uh, the one with Mara and one was Zed having their episode, their their adventure with Beck, sort of like uh, yeah. how I don't know if you if you've seen Avatar: Last Airbender, everyone gets an, an episode with Zuko, except yeah. Toph. But yeah, it's sort of like that. So why not have these episodes to be the means by which they figure out? Oh, you're actually Beck. They Come should on. have. I think they're probably saving that for season two or something. Probably. Um, and Mara's bit approves of her reverting back to her old hair color, though. That's a very important scene where she's like, hmm. she's like, hey, you, you reverted back to your old hair color. And she's like, yes, I like it. And the bit's like, yes. So there you go. I was thinking, what is, if they just made her hair monochrome, you know, black or gray or something, that would probably help her integrate a little bit more to the visual aesthetic of the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, I think, it, like I said, though, I think it goes beyond color. I think it's the swoopy, floopy. And the, yeah, the, the style is not working for me. Which was the style at the time. <laughs> uh, it turns out Keller neutralized the pathogen, so it can't be redone. They can't just fire it up again. And now Keller is on the run from Tesla and his crew. We get a really cool scene in a train station where Keller sneaks off to a side hallway and injects herself with a glowing blue juice which glitches her and turns her into a male-looking program with a different face, which is super It's a transgender cool. allegory. It's a, trans, a testosterone. A transgender allegory. So, But I guess really talented folks can reconfigure themselves. That's something that we've talked about a lot is, like, how much can you change your appearance? Mm. Like, can everybody change their hair color? And how far can you go in terms of disguises? So this is the first time we've seen somebody straight up like inject themselves and turn into something else. So, but she's yeah. a, she's a super scientist, right? So yeah, the more I think about it, the more impressive it is that one man built the grid 
And I, it actually doesn't stretch credibility, but it's just, wow, you would have had to thought of every little detail, you know, how much power do we give each program? What can yeah. they do? And, I also yeah. think that, like, sometimes I think that he built the machines that built the grid, you know? Mm. Like, he designed the things, he designed the architect. Like, he, he didn't sit the down. The algorithm. The algorithm. No one knows how the algorithm works, not even Google, but it just <laughs> does... Yeah, who knows? But that's uh, that's it for, for episode 15. No cool programs died immediately after meeting Beck, aside from the, that's true. the pilot of the dirigible certainly didn't have a very good day. But yeah, I feel like it could have been more. It's not a bad episode, but no. as I was saying earlier, you really could have upped the stakes there, yeah. especially because Mara is so close to the Renegade that yeah. she could have used that against it. Given that that was, I think, literally the last episode or a couple episodes ago. Yeah. That, that, that could have been. It would have been a cool way in her heightened hatred. Mm. She goes full investigator and finds out, puts it together while she's under the spell that the renegade is Beck. And then when she gets deprogrammed, she still has that knowledge. Yeah. That would be, that would be a cool way for her to, to find out that the renegade is Beck to go from trying to kill him to just knowing. Yeah. Right. Come on. It's right there. It's so close. Cool. <laughs> we saw the cool new set. We saw another cool new set of the dirigible wheelhouse, I guess you'd literally yes. call it. And uh, we got to see Bit for a speaking role. Yeah. And we get I mean, to see yes. programs altering their appearance. So we got the new ambulance vehicles. So I'll, Each I'll episode is building up a little bit more. Yeah. We're learning a bit more. We're seeing a bit more. Yeah. I was. It's just uh, the only sort of thing that's... Well, there's a couple couple things are a bit of a bummer and one is that the episode's a little shallow and it doesn't go mm. to darker the, the the sort of more extreme places that it could have and it's also got that reset to zero right yeah. like the tower is destroyed they can't recreate what keller did everything's back to normal including her hair color yeah which right? is like old school tv where you yeah. know star trek next generation or yeah. something where yeah. oh yeah this real devastating thing happened we'll never talk about it again <laughs> exactly and i just that's kind of like ah that's too bad you know i want i'd like it for there to be uh a bit more you know like the guy who in uh i think it was two episodes ago got his arm half melted into a glowing blue ghost arm you know yeah. like He's got that forever now, apparently. So you know, well, if Link cool. comes back with his his uh, sports car, maybe oh, yeah. we'll have some other throwbacks. You know, gives me yeah. hope. Yeah, but that's it for that. So join us next time for episode sixteen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Animatronic. I've been Duncan Shields, and I have been Courtney Colson. And tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End, End of, of line. line.